Well, welcome back to Think Better Soon. The Positive Podcast! <laughs> I'm Jason Newell along with J.P. Bradley. And J.P., we have Jen House in the house today. Talk to me. Our, one of our, our all-time listeners. She's yeah, got number the gold, one. She's got the gold chalice. Absolutely. She's number one on the list. And we have always threatened to do an episode to talk about something she's very passionate about. And what is that, J.P.? Yes. It is about, I want to say writing obituaries, but it, it, that doesn't that doesn't give it justice. It's more like, you know, writing just, I don't know how you would say it in a much Well, let's hear from way, Jen how she would say it. Well, first of all, guys, I've, I've warned you, we want to keep this, this is a positive subject. Amen. And everybody hears obituaries and they hear about eulogies and they think deep, dark, depressing. And I would submit that they don't have to be. Um, I agree. So, yeah, yeah. So um, the the services that, that I've offered people, um, the tools I've offered people just help them make um, some really nice pieces about their loved ones that either have already pa have passed away or who may be passing away or even who they just want to tell them what they mean to them before uh, it's too late. And, you know, they always say, Tell me what you would do if money didn't matter. Like, what what would you do if you if it wasn't about just the money? And let's just get it out on the table for starters. Jen does this pro bono, right? This oh. is kind of her ministry, her mission, and she's been doing it for around four or five years. Right. Where she's helping people not only with obituaries or with eulogies, which she could talk about the difference in those two things, but uh, but also living eulogies. Yes. Right. So one of the things I, I, yeah, living eulogy, right. Not for everybody. No. I'll go ahead and tell you. Um, but for some people, um, I took a course at the Carnegie Center downtown um, and we learned about why are you waiting? Why are you waiting to tell people what you think, feel, what they've meant to you after they're gone? So hmm. um, I have found that some families um, have uh, appreciated the opportunity to um, allow me to help them write some things they can share with their family member um, before they're before they're gone, so that that we're trying to minimize regret, you know, minimize the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. And not to make light of this topic, but I really think that uh, this will make a great Seinfeld episode because you can see George and Jerry talking about it, and I don't know which side George. George would maybe be on the, I don't know. And, you know, Jerry would be saying, look, George, it's a great idea. Yeah. Like we, this is not a bad thing we should do. And Larry David, I don't know where he'd fall on it, but um, it's so cool because as you said, it's not, not everybody's comfortable with it. No, no, no. But you tell us a story from your past of where you've done a living eulogy how, and how it went. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've got a good friend and um, she, her mother was, uh, had terminal cancer and uh, their family has a lot of talents, but they're not great communicators. And there had been some even turmoil in the family that had been resolved, but they wanted um, their mom to know um, just a, a genuine, um, I guess, reading of um, their relationship had been repaired and she can rest easy. That was the concept they really wanted to get across is that she can rest easy because of her uh, relentlessly always um, being steadfast and, and, and probably praying them back together, mm -hmm. if you will. These siblings had made amends and they wanted their mom to know that, but they're not great with words. 
And I was able to articulate that to her before she died. She died the following day, which wow. you could predict that. But I, I want to think, I want to think that gave her some peace of mind yeah. that, um, that she was able to hear some really true uh, things about um, her family was going to reunite and, and live generations on because of um, her steadfast faith in them. And, and you know, I'm a word, uh, what's that word? Like word map, word. Wordsmith. Wordsmith. Yeah. So I took some, uh, some feedback from them, what they wanted the message to get across literally from like either a text message or post-it note. And I was able to articulate it and they, and they were happy, obviously it was emotional, but the good news is they're not wondering right now, a year later, if they should have told their mom, you know, what they should have told. So that's a, a success story in my book. And the work that Jen does, you know, she was telling me earlier that if she doesn't know the person at all, you know, it's a little bit simpler, but in a situation where you know the person, you're emotionally invested, it's a lot, it can be a lot more challenging, but she, her process is very organic. And, and the fact that it's not just, you know, who, what, when, where, why, um, it gets a little more nuanced than that. Yes. And so sometimes it can be very time, uh, consuming for you to really, craft. So let's start with talking about the obituary, right? That's where it right, starts at. Right. So everybody thinks obituary, right? I mean, it's the way you put in the paper. It's um, nowadays they're online, they're on Facebook. And, and I would submit many, many of them are generated just from a funeral home, cut and paste format. Um, and I, you know, I love to write. I've always loved to write. And I was always curious about why some I would read in papers. I also love uh, local papers and and the Herald Leader. I love uh, Mount Sterling Advocate. Got to give a shout out. But I was curious why some were so long and profound, and why some were so short and and you know processed looking. Um, so that's where I, I really started um, by creating a questionnaire for people that could help them or me uh, craft something that is not so cookie cutter. Um, and that is just an obituary is just like the, you know, a lot of people say just the vital statistics, you know, that kind of thing. I hate that, like coldness. It's necessary date of birth, whatnot, but what else can we put in there to, to let the person reading that paper, like me who reads obituaries of people I don't even know, I want to know that person more about them. So that's where it started. And JP, you may not talk a lot on this episode, which is fine. Sorry. No, no, it's he, he talks plenty. But <laughs> I do. Molly and I, we were talking about the the use of cash of of cash for currency. Okay, in businesses, we we went out to Red State Barbecue and picked up some food before we ate this evening. And there's a sign out there that says "Cash is King," and it said, "Let's stop big banks and credit card processing companies from uh, getting fat off of your shopping here when you pay in cash." you know, we get 100% of the payment. But what's also interesting when you look at obituaries and something that Jim was talking about is the people that have like the full page obituaries with the picture, uh, the glamour shot, and just all of the extra information. Columns you know, they, and, and one thing I do want to get on the record right now from the get go, all three of us have lost parents. Jim lost her dad really early in life. How old were you? I was 10. 10 years old. 
you know, I was 30 or so when my mom died. You were how old, JP, when your mom died? 30 some, yeah, 30. So we can't relate with 10, but I think there is something deeper here that she wants to honor people and help people write a good last chapter and help be a part of a positive part of people during this chapter of life because she lived through trauma when she was a child for sure. But my point I was trying to make with cash, Molly looked at her store and probably over 90% of the transactions of her business are done with credit cards, Wow. which we don't, we don't care. I mean, sure. Cash is great, but in the obituary world, you know, we grew up in a world where obituaries first and foremost, they were in the paper. And you know, when my mom died in 06, it was in the Grayson paper. It was in the Ashland paper. And oh my goodness, it cost me a lot to get it in the Herald Leader. Right. So tell us a little bit about that culture. And now it's went online a little, right? Yes. Yes. So that, that, um, I was telling Jason earlier and, and JP that when I was, um, looking at, um, obituaries and I, and, and kind of processing the big ones versus just the standard ones, I realized it was very pricey. And, um, I think, and I'm not an expert on this, don't quote me, but some of the research I did said you get like four free lines. And anything after that is like $9 a line. And I was like, oh my gosh, now that, you know, makes sense. And I was thinking about, I, I, I want all those columns, right? And my husband, God love him, probably would just do the four free lines. And how, how's this going to, you know, what, what's going to happen? And, and to Jason's point back in the day, I don't think it was like that. Um, mm-hmm. Back in the eighties, especially, I don't, I don't know that it was. Everybody should have the chance to have some type of um, to be eulogized in some way that's not a cookie cutter obituary, but they can't afford the 16 paragraphs. I mean, I would kind of want that, but it never <laughs> happened. But we can offer other, we can do other things for them. We can do these living eulogies. We can, we can read a, a you, you know, I, I, I've helped many families write eulogies that either I or their family members read at the funeral. Um, and that costs, I mean, obviously funerals are costly, but that part of a funeral is not going to be costly. Um, Or we could do it, you know, you can do the living eulogies for somebody that's not even sick. You can just tell them eulogy means in Greek. um, Oh, somebody told me, but I I think it's like celebrate or great. It's some type of, it's a positive word to eulogize. Somebody is to, you know, um, it, it's to basically gift them or I don't know exactly the, the word, but um, it, it's a it's a positive thing. Yep. Yeah, I so know. Jay, yeah, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was uh, uh, just in, talking with Jen uh, before we, we started rolling the tape and, uh, you know, listening to all of this. I, I'm I'm reminded on I mean, obviously, there's always there's always somebody passing in our life. Somebody's always dying and. When I was younger, yeah, I didn't quite understand it. Then as I got older, then all of a sudden, like Jen was talking about, there were regrets, things that I that, that went unsaid. And where my wife worked in the ICU and she was she had worked around death for so long, she just she would always bring back about how how certain people were so peaceful whenever they were dealing with their loved ones. And you could tell those were the ones that had already said everything that needed to be said. They weren't holding on to anything. And, and, uh, I think it was, it was before my, uh, before my mom passed away, there were, uh, I know my grandfather passed away and, and, and I didn't get to say everything with him, but whenever it was time for my mom to go, I, I'd already said everything to her. 
you know, I, I had thanked her for everything that she had, had filled me up with. I thanked her for the love that she showed me and, and it was a true celebration. And, and, and so I can connect with exactly what you're saying, Jen. I think right. that's a, it's a, it's a great way to, yeah. to be positive and think of that's that right. transition in a positive way. Sure. And the three of us, I don't think we have any problem, um, maybe even daily articulating how we feel about people to people. Right. Now, do I do it correctly every day? No, mm-hmm. but it is, um, it's not as hard for me as it would be to build an Excel spreadsheet, for example. Yeah. So speaking of Greg, yes. So <laughs> where, um, where I hope to provide support or provide a spiritual gift is to, you know, give tools to people that aren't, that's not their strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, th- I think where I, I can be most effective or where, where even the questionnaire I have, that's like really basic, but it gets a dialogue started. Yeah. And um, even if you do nothing with it, even if you don't do a eulogy or obituary, even if you just have a conversation Mm-hmm. with someone. Um, and you'd be surprised just how much I think peace that even brings. Um, and I would even submit, you can just take some of these questions it, it, that, that I offer or that you can even Google for that matter and tell somebody on their birthday. I mean, tell mm-hmm. them what you would say um, that you want them to know now. Why do we save it all for the end? That's well- my point. And the word eulogy, you know, from the Greek, it comes from the Greek word, root word of uh, good and speech. So that's kind of interesting. But in America, we've kind of taken it from being something that could be given for people that are living or dead. And we basically just associate it as words given for deceased folks. But this, then that's why you have to call it a living eulogy instead of just a right, eulogy. Right, it's a living eulogy. But you, know, you think about like your dad, Calvin, JP. Mm-hmm. Um JP's dad has, uh, he's a very colorful guy, sure, very positive guy. And, um, he's, he's been battling cancer and, um, he's, you know, you've heard his story. Yes, I have. But Long took, time listener. Yeah, that's, true. that's true. But First time, yeah. he took a bunch of people on a cruise, you know, back in the day. Yes. And, uh, if there was ever a good guy who would get a kick out of a living eulogy, I'd say Calvin Bradley, we may have to get that's you. Fact. That may have there to be your you first go. paid gig. She go. hasn't had a paid gig yet. We need to get her a paid yeah, gig. We, we, we need to work that out then. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, I mean, you know, some people want to hear what, what is their legacy? I mean, I love the story Jason told about um, what the Nobel Peace Prize winner. He uh, basically tell us. Well, I've researched, I researched that a little bit, but um, Alfred Nobel, who came up with the Nobel Peace Prize, he, he made all his fortune several, he was, you know, 700 million in today's money. Uh, by creating dynamite and his brother died and some lazy journalist thought it was him and not his brother. And so he wrote this scathing obituary about um, how he was the merchant of death. Now there has been research done on this and nobody can find that, that, that scathing obituary from 1882. So, <laughs> so whether it was made up or whether it happened, let's just say it happened. Right. But you know, it could be folklore a little bit, but the point is like he devoted the rest of his life to trying to do good things and wanting to have a good last chapter. And that's why he devoted his life's fortune to people that were trying to make peace in the world. And since he invented the dynamite and made all the money from it. He made but, amends by doing the, <laughs> doing the Nobel. Yeah. Peace he tried to write a good last chapter after being supposedly terrified 
that he would be remembered as this horrible person. Right. And then I can look it up real quick and we go look for the highlights, but we had that obituary earlier this summer of that guy from Eastern Kentucky. Yes. Yes. That brought me a, a great deal of joy. And I was actually just talking to Molly about, I, I'm a big fan of being real too, right? I mean, yeah. I like real people. And I think a lot of the um, the way you commemorate real people is, is to tell stories about, you know, the good, bad, and indifferent. I don't think you should, talking specifically about, you know, when someone passes away and you're doing this work. I'm not a big fan of like blowing everybody up. I think, you know, to make them bigger than they were. I think some of the best eulogies I've ever written are about people that had a lot of like uh, <laughs> cantankerous habits or unique, you know, um, unique uh, qualities, I guess. Maybe they were, you know, um, known for being um, difficult in certain situations, or they were known for only buying brand name things or high yeah. maintenance, but we can turn those into still things we love. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I read a quote somewhere that says you, you love people despite uh, some of their qualities, but you like people because of all their qualities. You know, you yeah. can like people because of, because of all, but when you love somebody, you love them even you're not going to love it, you know, despite the things they may never be, you know, yeah. you still love them. So I think there's a place in everybody's life for a part of this. Yeah. But this whole process is not for everybody. Does that make sense? Like, no, it does. I, I, I think what I'm just trying to do is is my passion is to take the, the uh, cookie cutter approach out of these types of, uh, you know, what can be a celebration Typewriting. Well, and this particular gentleman who passed away in Somerset <clears throat> back this summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as a gluttonous eater of fried foods and snack cakes, as well as occasional chili cheese dogs. I mean, there's a lot of things in here. Another highlight said uh, we might add Jamie, a divorcee, father, grandfather, and proud owner of a few lots in the trailer park, had <laughs> enough and up and died on June 14th in order to <laughs> avoid another presidential stolen election mishap in the near future. <laughs> but it did say, in closing, that he will be moderately missed. And I thought that, that was pretty touching. So now, and that's that's the other end of the spectrum, right? That's right. That's right. You, I, I, you try to find the middle ground. I think I try to find the middle ground. I didn't write that. I think that's wonderful. And I think that might have been what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's all he wanted to be remembered. We all have a role and an identity, right? Yeah. And that was that might have been his. You know, but I there think is the middle a, somewhere. The middle is somewhere I would want to land. There is a. Uh, it, it, it's a. I think it was on Facebook and I think my cousin sent it to me and I'd seen it before, but it was a video where a man had, had died. And before he died, uh, he had recorded his voice, uh, and like knocking on something and then saying, Hey, 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 before, before you all go, you know, and, and kind of, kind of giving a goodbye to all of them. You know, one last time. I love time. that. And, oh, it, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm guessing that guy is probably a, a, a nutcase like me uh, that, you know, as he was getting closer to death, he probably got somebody and said, hey, look, you know, here's a practical joke we want to play on everybody. But, right. the, uh, but the video <laughs> of everybody that was there, I mean, you could tell they were all sad that they were saying their final goodbye. But then whenever that, that uh, audio played, you know, they all just started cracking up and, and it was just kind of a nice, uh, a nice ending to, to that moment. That's all right. There's nothing better than, I mean, obviously funerals, look, we're the positive podcast. 
You know, they're sad. They can be sad. But I would tell you, in my experience, there's nothing better than somebody reading a eulogy and telling a story and hearing everybody just crack up because they're like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. And I think they can change the direction sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Whenever my mother-in-law passed away um, and and I actually uh, had to, they had me a speaking part and the relationship that me and my mother-in-law had were hilarious. You know, I, I had her as old battle axe in my phone and and she loved that. (laughs) You know, she loved every time she called, you know, she, when she'd be around somebody, she'd say, watch this, I'm going to call him. And then she would say, show your phone, you know, and I'd show him the phone and it would come up, you know, old battle axe. But, uh, but that, that was kind of how my memories of her were just us joking around. And, and that's how I, how I, uh, spoke about her in there at the, at the, at the service and, and everybody was laughing and and we all had a great time. And, and, and I know, I know in my heart, that's how she wanted it to be. And that's, that's what's important. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that. I love that it was real. It was your relationship. Um, but I, I put this same kind of intent. I don't know about you all, but I put the same kind of intention. I try to, even when I'm writing birthday cards, or, um, you know, graduation cards, or, I mean, I always try to think like, am I taking this opportunity to articulate to this person, taking a small chance to tell them what they mean to me? Mm. Um, I think this same type of thinking can be put into everyday life. Yeah. You know, I I I just try to think like these people don't know the impact they make on you unless you tell them. So, you know, whether it's a eulogy an obituary, a living eulogy, birthday card, phone call, text. I mean, why wait, right? I think it's important to tell people what they mean to us. And, you know, if I could say something, if I could say something negative about Jen, um, for carpool at soccer. Yes. She, you know, I, the taskmaster and me, I'd pick the kids up. I'd take them to the soccer field. I'd get them in the car. I'd get them back. So Jen's turn to drive. And they're heading over to the convenience store and getting Slurpees and, you know, candy bars and everything, lottery tickets. Oh, yeah. The whole whole shooting match. And so it really made us, you know, I have to step up my game. Yeah, we got to, we're not, yeah, he's not going to let me one up. So, no, no, well, I don't know. Nothing competes with Jen's (laughs) carpool. But but I think that's the point is like, you know, she takes something that for the, for normal human beings would seem mundane. Mm-hmm. and just laborious and she tries to make it like you know a trip to disney world or something so i think uh right. you know this idea of the, yeah. the obituaries and, and i think you two have something and you guys met in the summer got to hang out a little bit yes. and you knew a lot of the same people um who is your yeah. most common buddy friend josh Jason? josh oh, Sterling. Josh Sterling. that's right josh that's Sterling, right. who may be a listener but uh but what a awesome thing for you guys you know you try to bring joy into people's life and you try to make things better and you're uh you're just such wonderful beams of you know radiate sunlight all around everywhere you go and you for four years you've been selflessly helping families yeah and making it and she told me that you know a lot of times you don't speak to the very closest survivor because they're under a lot of duress sure so you're actually writing these things through intermediaries and uh other family members so you're getting a second person third person but what a delicate thing. I mean, it's not, it's not a simple process and, 
I just want to yeah. commend you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. But but I have to say, it might be a little bit altruistic or whatever. I think that's the word. Because sometimes I think, well, what are my kids going to remember about me? I, mm-hmm. If I can be the fun carpool mom, I get in at the swimming pool up here uh, on the last day every summer and play volleyball and get my hair wet. And then I say, okay, take pictures and remember that because I don't do that also. Because I just yeah, want to get, I just want to get a tan, you know. So, but I want to be the fun mom one day, so that they'll be like, oh yeah, my mom was, you know, one to get in the pool. They won't, re- maybe they won't remember it wasn't like every day. So I may be a little bit like, uh, you know, framing things. But at the end of the day, it's all about just leaving it all on the field. That 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 is what I want to I want to help people do. And I've definitely read read some stuff lately or over the last year or two or three of, you know, when you're being selfless, when you're helping others, you know, it really does give you a little bit of a kick in the pants. Yeah. And so part of your positivity and part of your energy and part of your happiness and just the way that you carry yourself throughout this life is because you are giving to others, you yeah. know. Yeah, and I really love what I do. If it, I love my real job too, but I love this part of, um, I love this part of my journey that, that I get to be a part of, uh, I get to know families. I, I mean, I really do. And, and I'm talking about through text messages, pictures of post-it notes. The information is not sent to me formally through a portal or through any kind of, you know, sometimes people just send me screenshots of like post-it notes or voice memos and I just compile it all. It does, you know, I think people get scared sometimes because they think it's going to be like this whole thing but like how do you eat an elephant just like one one bite at a time and that's what i help people do and um it's but like i said you know come to math or science or spreadsheets like that's not my jam but this is one thing i can do for people and one thing we have in common is jp and i make zero money on our podcast so So, (laughs) we, we can relate with the fact that that's when you really know you're enjoying yourself and, right. and doing things for the right reasons when it's not got any kind of monetary value tied to it. That's right. So, so it's, it's been a, it's a pleasure to help people. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to, um, help, you know, if, if, if anybody's listening, yeah. this is resonating with anybody. If you ever want any assistance, please don't hesitate to reach out. We will put her contact information yes. in our show notes. <laughs> For sure. Yes. And we, we've been looking forward to this episode for a very long time. So we do have. You, have, you have anything you want to ask or throw out there before we get? No, no, I think she, I think she, she was uh, able to get through all of that with, with positivity and grace. So well, I hope so. I don't want it to, like I said, I don't, I just think it doesn't need to be uh, always have a negative connotation. If anybody can, can spin this to be positive, it is you too. And that's true. I have really enjoyed all your episodes, um, and and it's been an honor to be on here. Well, when they write your uh, eulogy, or if somebody were to write your living eulogy today, they, they could put a, a, a paragraph in there. She really encouraged these two dudes that had a podcast <laughs> and really helped them keep making episodes. And this is the 41st episode, so that's pretty mm, exciting. That's exciting. We I'm, appreciate I'm, all your support. I'm big fans. I'm telling you. Know, You've helped keep us going well, this whole time, and uh, we really appreciate thank, you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, my pleasure. I echo that. All right. I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad we did this. We'll have yes. to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and JP, it's been good seeing you. Good seeing you both. Yeah, see you soon, hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, All I right. Will. Take I care. Will. Bye. Uh, I also want to give a special shout out to Edie House. Edie House is 
Jen's daughter. And without uh, having Edie in our lives, we wouldn't have the fabulous carpool, uh, treat runs, and uh, so many other fun times that her and my youngest get to enjoy Lucia. So, Edie, this episode is for you. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. That's all I'm going to say is testing. Testing.